Welcome to the Football Ramble. Wolves' 59-game season comes to a close and the Champions League bubble is here. It's Wednesday the 12th of August. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Vidush Nantaraja. And I'm Pete Donaldson. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Hang on a minute. What What happened there? Vish always goes last. Yeah, what what nonsense is this? This doesn't feel like the football ramble. No, not at all. I I like the edge. The edge gives me a bit of space, a bit of breathing (laughs) room. I I feel safe on the the limits of society and I feel safe on the limits of the intro. Was this your call, Pete? I just think all wide players just want to play in the centre eventually. (laughs) It's the the Gerard Lampard situation. (laughs) You think I've just cut in? Yeah, you've (laughs) cut in. You've cut in. You're going to put it in the top left. <laughs> I think you just like going last, Pete, because you like going with Pete Donaldson. <laughs> yeah, I have a very excitable voice. You do. Yeah. Do you reckon it's? Um, I suppose that producer Charlie's played some chess here because <laughs> Jules Breach. You know what you're getting with Jules Breach. Easy. Don't you? Yeah. yeah. Simple. And, and therefore, you, there is a bit of room to be a bit more creative in the middle, which mm. is maybe while I'm there. Okay, yeah. And Pete Donaldson bringing up the rear. Vish, he's, he, the producer Charlie didn't even charge the iPad, so I mean, I, 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 I think... <laughs> I don't think there was much thought in it. I don't think he's thought about it, really. <laughs> We've mixed it up today. And uh, we apologise in advance if we're a little bit um, nuts today, because it's really hot. It's really hot. Like, I've, I've discovered... You're twiddling away with your tash. Look, I have recently discovered that I can point my moustache like uh, Dr. Robotnik from uh, the <laughs> Sonic games and I was and, and I put a bit of wax in it earlier on and I was like I've got like a moustache that you could do a yeah, little tw- if I got proper wax like moustache wax and then it, I remembered do you remember the side of cigarettes uh, used to have that man with advanced stage throat cancer his moustache is exactly the same as my moustache <laughs> poor block you can get so, so it's not a good look. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those cigarette packets are kind of weird, aren't they? That you can get one where there's a man holding his baby, blowing smoke into his baby's face. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a baby's... badass. He's yeah. like the best dad ever. Who, cool we dad. don't know that the baby wasn't smoking before. Exactly. Could have been the baby smoke. You never yeah. know. I want to know how your other half feels about this, Tash. Uh, all right, broadly positive. Really? <laughs> really? Are you sure? If you bleach your hair, it's going to distract them. <laughs> <laughs> if they're going to have a problem with anything, it's a body smell in this heat, a uh, haircut, uh, and then moustache is just, look, it's, you know, it's a cherry on the top, really. What I'd like is that mm. before I next see you, which I think is tomorrow... Shave it off. You to... <laughs> I'd like you to get some wax, and mm. I'd like you to come in with a different style tash right. every day. Okay. I, well, can there's only one I can do. I can, only, can, go, I can up, go up, go down. I can go down. One up, one down. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Lovely. An inverted winner. <laughs> Lovely. There we go. Enough about facial hair. Um, let's talk about last night's Europa League because we finally have the final four mm. in the competition, uh, the semi-finalists. Sevilla beat Wolves by a goal to nil. That means they're going to play Manchester United in one of the semi-finals. Shakhtar Donetsk blew Basel away, beat them by four goals to one, which means they play into Milan. A couple of really good games to look forward to Sunday and Monday. Um, look, Wolves... Ugh, it was a tough one last night for them. They looked absolutely shattered and the early penalty miss kind of mm. told the story of the rest of the match. They didn't really seem to get into it after that, despite defending really well. And it's so heartbreaking to lose a game so late on like that, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah. Did anyone else watch that yesterday and think it looked a really sweaty game? <laughs> of all the games we've seen, that looked the sweatiest. It was like, um, you know, the start of Scarface where he arrives into Miami, Florida, mm. and it just looks so hot. Yeah. Like, so kind of... Like us now. Yeah. yeah. But, oh, wow. And you can you could see all the kind of like orangey sweat coming off. And that's what I saw yesterday. And I felt really bad for them, actually, because... You know, they uh, Nuno mentioned it at the end of the game about how like the fans have been such a big part of this journey that even when they started, so basically this time last year they'd already played four games, four competitive games of the twenty nineteen twenty season. That's how long this season's gone it's on. It's been for. like three hundred and eighty three days since their season started. It's like the yeah. night's watch. <laughs> your watch is over, guys. Your watch has ended. But it was sad. it was sad because like obviously I think Jimenez's first club career miss yeah, uh, from a penalty. From a penalty. Yeah. But they they, they kind of came, went out with a game plan to kind of frustrate and and and, and bit of, do a bit of a smash and grab. But it was just, I think, in hindsight, I think this whole kind of European uh, um, adventure, I think a lot of Wolves fans are going to look back and sort of go, "I wish we'd kind of gone for it a little bit more," because it was just a keep it tight, try and get something next to time. It seemed to be the plan. That's weird because I, I thought they did try and go for Reckon, it, I, and I thought after they were the penalty, there were no uh, corners, no the shots. Yeah. Just... Because I think I think they were deflated right. after the penalty, yeah. Because the penalty was their um, last shot on target of yeah. the game, mm. and that was in the what the penalty was in the thirteenth minute. Yeah, I, I think they actually started really brightly, and then because of the penalty miss, which was they seemed to regard as a bit of a treat, really. Because I think um, Adama Traore obviously went down for the penalty, but I think there was only... He ran 81 yards, by the way. Well, yeah. To, oh, so to this... get to that spot where he then got fouled in the right. box. So this will explain my next point, because the only person near him was Jimenez, obviously, because he's you know, a fucking live wire, isn't he? <laughs> Traore. So, um, yeah, so I, so because of that, I wondered if it was a, you know, a bit of a surprise that they get this chance, like, right, we've got the, you know, going to go ahead now. And, yeah, just... The way he missed it as well, it was, you know, it Did you think he was going to miss? Because I no, hate, not at all. I not hate at all. those stuttery run-ups, though. Mm. When he was sort of dancing around before the run and he sort of took his time and hesitated, I was like, oh, no. No, it, what's he doing? It Just... gives pundits excuses, doesn't it, to mm. uh, to, to have a pop. It was it was, it was really disappointing. But I, th- I think, Troy, I, I think, I don't know why they play him up top because you lose so much of his game uh, playing him playing him in the centre. He's so much better when he's when he's cutting in and, and, and beating defenders and playing behind uh, the back four. I, 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 I think uh, next season, if he still is at the club, I think they just need to they, they need to strengthen. Obviously, they need more players, they need bodies, but uh, they, they need more options from the bench as well. So, but I would like to see him kind of not is, through in central berth. Is he better as an impact sub? Because Usually what you would see and what we've seen quite a lot this season is Adama Traore not starting games and mm. Nuno bringing him on later on when by that point most of the opposition are knackered yeah. and they need fresh legs in the Wolves squad as well. And him coming on, he's so difficult to handle at the best of times, but as an, impact sub, <laughs> as an impact sub, even more difficult to handle when the opposition have played, what, 60, 70 minutes mm. by that point. So... Maybe they got it wrong starting him last night. Well, I, well, I, th- well, I think doubling up. Teams know what he's all about, and they, they know he's really, really important, and obviously physically imposing as well. So, they, so they double up. If you double up in the centre, uh, in the eighteen-yard box, your that impact of, of 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 making space elsewhere is is lessened. If if he's 
farmed out a little bit, he he kind of drags play a little bit, little bit more. So uh, yeah, I think I think I think he probably does operate better as a sub. But he's kind of one of one of those kind of um, footballers that would be a bit of a marquee signing for a for a for a mid table club. So and 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 the club are run by an investment company, so they would be taking offers for anyone who who comes in for him. Um, so I, I do wonder whether he's going to be uh, retaining his uh, place in the Wolves side next season. But but it would be it will be a real pity if they lost him. Yeah. Um. In terms of that penalty, just going back to that incident. You can understand Wolves fans being really frustrated that the penalty wasn't retaken yeah. because of encroachment. Now, Diego Carlos, who was the player who fouled Adama Traore and that gave away the penalty in the first place, you can see on the replays from all angles mm. that he's in the box before Jimenez takes the penalty and he's then the player that clears the ball that stops Jimenez getting the follow-up and, and, and then scoring. So by the rules and by VAR rules as well yeah. this penalty should have been retaken what are you so watching VAR yeah. missed it yeah. they missed what are they such... watching I think they may have been focusing too much on the goalkeeper and whether or not he was coming off his line but he was on it which line. he was yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah which is so silly So, that, but they've totally missed that and that yeah. is so frustrating for Wolves because that, that was a game changing moment yeah what I would say is I can't imagine how hot it would have been in the VAR truck <laughs> <laughs> Hotbox. Yeah. There you go, um, hotbox. So I have some, right, literally right now, I have some sympathy for them <laughs> yeah. for being in a closed room. But yeah, it was it was very <laughs> strange. You're absolutely right. What are they watching? I thought the, the I thought the discourse on BT at halftime was very strange because they brought in Pete Walton and he, I think he was in favour of retaking the penalty. Mm. And then he got pelters from the pundits in the studio. Jolie Lescott was one. I can't remember who the other person was. Right. Um, and it really did seem like they were bullying him. Poor Peter. <laughs> because he was obviously in his like little Gets hutch, bullied a bit. wherever like oh, where he was. I'll tell you where I, it is. They, with a it, so at the BT Studios, <laughs> just newspaper on the floor, <laughs> well, sitting have, in his own mess. He has a little room with a few screens in, and he's watching everything in there. So he's got all sorts of different angles on the screen. Mm. So he's kept in like a, a room separate to everyone else. I know, but that's just that's sad. Bless it's like him. he sat at the front. He may as well be sat at the front of the class, and they're just chucking paper balls at him. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, he, he seemed to suggest that it should have definitely been a penalty. And yeah, the retaken, you mean? Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So it should have been. It should have been retaken. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I don't really know what they have been watching in that regard. You know, I'm just repeating what you've said here. But it's yeah, it was very very odd. I'm and just I'm annoyed that we're talking about VAR again because the night before with the first quarterfinals, mm. VAR was spot on with everything. They called a, a couple of yeah. really good offsides. They overruled a couple of uh, penalty decisions that were correct. Yeah. So it's a shame to go from going, okay, right, maybe we're getting somewhere with VAR. This is really good to see from, uh, when was it? Mon what day are we? Monday night, yeah. And then mm. last night, oh, they've missed something. It's more human error, but it's human error in front of television, isn't it? Yeah, so, that's a spot on. Human is, is still involved in the process. And this is mm. one thing we've learned about humans. In this of all years... So they can be, you know, full of flaws. They yeah. can be got at. Yeah, I, I did actually think the way Wolves conducted themselves at the end was was very good because yeah. it didn't seem like any of them really knew of the two issues with the goalkeeper and the encroachment yeah. mm. until it was put to them in their post match interviews. So I think it was Connor Cody, and um, yeah, and, and Nuno as well, and they kind of took it on the chin. Really, they can't really do anything about it now. That's annoying, but 
What are you going to do? Oh, bless him. I'd be like, what, what? Show, me the, show me the images. Show me it immediately. I need the Zabruder footage. <laughs> um, going back to what you were saying, Pete, a minute ago about whether or not Traore will stay, there is this, they're obviously not in European football next season because they finished outside of the European places in the league. This was their last chance to potentially get Champions League football for next season if they went on to win the Europa League. That's obviously now not going to happen. So what does this mean for some of their star players? Can we expect any of them to leave? Will they be eyeing up European football elsewhere? Uh, yes, <laughs> I think they will be doing go? exactly that. Well, the, the, it's but then they're a really tight-knit squad, so you, you just don't know what, what the feeling's like um, in, in the dressing room. I'll tell you, for one thing, they need a bloody good rest because they must be blooming exhausted. So, uh, it, it, you know, people will be uh, probably um, analysing how their careers are going and, and whether they need a move. But I think Wolves is a, a great club to uh, be at at the moment with a great manager who, who, who really trusts his players. But they do need um, they do need bodies. Well, Nuno stay, that's another thing. Mm. Oh, I think I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it does feel like you look at that, the whole setup there, and think, "Oh God, if you pull up one piece, then what does that do to everything else?" If Jimenez suddenly go, does Jota and Ruben Neves think, "Well, you know, we're kind of entering the prime of our careers. Do we want to be here if they're going to sell off the one of their best players?" Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Nuno is part of that. I think he would, he would want to stay. And and I think the way the way to look at Wolves is you almost have to treat them independently to any other. Premier League club specifically because they just run a little bit differently. Yeah. Obviously, you know, you mentioned that they were owned by an investment company and they're going to look at their assets in a very methodical and, and quite um, an emotional way. But within the squad themselves, because there's so there's so few of them really and they're so tight-knit and they play a certain way and they all seem to really enjoy it to the extent that, you know, someone like Vinagre can come in from nowhere and, you know, and play very well, but also Podence can sit mm. on the bench happily mm despite having clearly been a big part of why Olympiacos were yeah. where, the, where they were in this competition and, and still be satisfied with that. I think they all kind of understand that they're pulling in the same direction. And and I wonder, actually, without... You know, we talked of what the how, how they'd be hamstrung to an extent by having to start their season so early with qualifying for the Europa League. Maybe it'll liberate them next year to kind of give Champions League... a Champions League place a good crack because they don't have... The distractions, their squad won't be as, as stretched as uh, thinly. So and their conditioning is just be- the best in the Premier League. Yeah, they've got to be the yeah. fittest club in the mm. Premier League. They all they? need they all need to spend about a month in a cryo chamber, <laughs> or just you know <laughs> just on a beach being massaged and yeah. with endless amounts of cocktails poured down their throats oh. because I think they do deserve it. Sounds yeah. good to me. And um, <laughs> yeah. eight players in their squad made over fifty appearances this season. That is quite something. It is is too many. I said it before, I said it again. Uh, The uh, international tournament at the end of of, uh, next season is going to be absolute trash. (laughs) (laughs) Endless trash. What about Wolves' rise, though? Because under Nuno Espirito Santo, let's just give Wolves some praise here because Mm. he's been at the club now for three years. He joined in 2017. And in that time, he's taken them to the Premier League in their first Premier League season, taking them into the Europa League. They've then played this season with European football. Everyone was questioning how they would handle that and how they would how that would affect their Premier League season. They still finished seventh in the Premier League this season, getting to the quarterfinals of the Europa League. It's been incredible, really. And, and if we go even a little bit further back before Nuno's time, they won League One in 2014. So six mm. years ago... They were in League One and they've just got to a quarter final of the Europa League. It really has been a remarkable few seasons if you're a Wolves fan. And they've done it by playing really attractive and standing football. I think we've had this conversation before in here that in terms of a neutral team to watch, I'd always pick watching Wolves. And 
Yeah, they've been a real breath of fresh air to the Premier League. Obviously, they've they've had their ways of, of recruiting players that aren't necessarily available to certain other teams who've been in their position before. But you know, I, I think they're they're a joy to watch. And yeah, credit to them. They've they're, they've got a lot to be proud of um, at Wolverhampton. And you know, Nuno right the way down to yeah, they're, they're just general ethos and the way they even. I think if you if you talk to people in the area, it's quite interesting that the the players who they brought a lot of them obviously been overseas. I don't, well, obviously, they didn't have an English scorer in the Premier League this season, but they've all bought into the area. I think there's a great story about the number of like little Portuguese shops that have uh, popped up, and mm. even like kind of local cafes doing those um, Castel de Natas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, we we always talk about like what? Are what? They? Wait, 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 wait. Oh, have you not had them? This sounds like food that custard, I'm missing out on. Oh, tarts. they like custard tarts. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I think Brussels a bit of cinnamon told me them. Oh, nice. Yeah, decent. Um, you know, we we talked about like the effect that a, a club and a successful club can have on its um surrounding area. With Newcastle obviously being a prime example of what may or may not have happened with the takeover. And when you have pillows from overseas that are really buying into that. Buy into a club, which I don't want to go out and limit. Well, I don't want to be rude and say they're unfashionable, but I think if you're, it'd be strange, I reckon, for an overseas player to think, oh, well, Wolverhampton, yeah, that's where I've always wanted to go. But <laughs> yeah. they've they've really bought into it. And I think that's a credit to the club for making sure they got ingrained and to the players themselves. Yeah, because it's a really exciting project, and I do hope they they keep that gang together. Uh, well, I hope that I hope really hope they keep uh, Nuno, but he is, you know, he's got eleven months left on his contract. He he would be a heck of a, a manager anywhere else. So they're going to have to um, speculate on his particular uh, contract situation, I think, and spend a bit of money. Mm, yeah, well, heartbreaking for Wolves being knocked out of the Europa League, but a, a wonderful season yet again for them. Um, mm. So, yeah, congratulations on a, the good season, Wolves, and uh, unfortunate last night. But Sevilla, the most successful team in the Europa League. <laughs> They've won it five times. They're through to another that. semi-final. They just love it. Thing, don't they, they love Munch it. it. They love it. And so they're going to be playing against Manchester United. Mm. That'll be a really interesting game. The other match last night, Shakhtar beat Basel 4-1. They were really strong, really <laughs> dominant side. Basel got a consolation goal. Ricky Van Wolfsinkel. Mm. Love seeing him on the score sheet. Basel keeper, very busy. Very much. <laughs> very busy. But um, now it, it's, a, it's going to be a really interesting matchup between Shakhtar and Inter. Because I think Inter probably, aside from Manchester United and the big star players they have, Inter are probably next to Manchester United in that sense with with the real star names mm. left in this competition. Lukaku is having the career of his life right now. and But seeing how dominant Shakhtar were last night, it'll be really interesting to see who gets through in that one. I can't call it. Yeah, that'll be the more even of the two semi-finals. I think mm. Sevilla will dispatch Manchester United, to be honest. I think United look pretty knackered and Sevilla quite meticulous as they were yesterday to just picking off that bits of tiredness that Wolves show so uh, yeah I don't, I don't hold out much hope for that um, but yeah Inter Shakhtar will be will be very interesting Shakhtar were really impressive yesterday because they didn't seem to be affected by any of it all the things that we were talking about about tiredness and things like that they just they just kept motoring like it was only 2-0 at half time and it could have been a lot more by the mm. end um, and it, yeah it, I think it's important to say that Bar got their goal Wolfsinkel's goal was right at the end yeah. <laughs> when they'd already signed up proper four, consolation yeah mm. those four goals so um, no yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it I think this is really fun I know the players are really knackered and it might have some <laughs> long term damage but, but you sound like <laughs> a, like a drama teacher like a like a, um, a summer holiday camp I, this is really fun we are exhausted let us go back to our tents no we're going to do some whittling yeah I've had a massive yeah I've, I've just 
thought back to my Duke of Edinburgh's. <laughs> oh, have you got the Duke of Edinburgh's? Ooh. I think I've got bronze, yeah. Lovely. What Fish do you have to do for that? I think I'm learning about you all the time. I think you've just got to do one camping trip, don't you? Right, okay. I think gold is you've, you've got to find, you know, the lost stone of mm. something. <laughs> Atlantis. But, uh, yeah. you, you boys were discussing swimming shorts the other day and what the difference between normal shorts and swimming shorts were. These, I right. thought these were swimming shorts as you no, walked no, in. No, no, they're, 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 um, they're standard shorts. So Kate called me out on it because I thought because of the social distancing rules, I could get away with wearing some quite flash swimming shorts. <laughs> but um, Kate's got a BDI and two BDIs. And she was like, those are <laughs> those. One eye. <laughs> a BD Pele's eyes. <laughs> It's what they call a BDI Mason. Um, and she was like, those are... She called me out in, in quite a rude way, actually. And yeah. I thought, it really, it really spoke to me. The way she did it, I reckon she was a, she was a bit of a bully in school. Yeah. Because she was like... Because she, she didn't just tell me. She had to tell everyone. Mm. Right. Well, you're going to have to call her out on her fashion then. Yeah. In oh, a couple God, of days' time. Yeah. Um, all right, let's take a break. After this, we're going to talk more about... Uh, you were just saying about Vish, the... Um, you love this kind of tournament feel to the Europa League. The Champions League returns tonight. We'll talk more about that after this. Welcome back to the Football Ramble. It is now time for more of these. We concentrate on the topics. We're pretty good to many topics today. Central. Did it just get hotter in here? Yeah, it definitely did. <laughs> wow. uh, we've been talking all week about features that you guys would introduce to your own summer football tournament, and we've had some really good suggestions. We have, yeah. Elliot Jones on Twitter says, rather than the usual boring training bib for subs, pre-tournament, each team is assigned a comedy cooking apron <laughs> instead, like uh, your dad at a barbecue, uh, and it must be worn by all subs warming up. Thoughts? You can get these comedy aprons, can't you? Mm. That would be quite good. Yeah, yeah. like a nudie lady or... Yeah. Uh, I think that's the second time Nudie Lady has been used in the Ramble this week. I think I said that on Monday. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I remember thinking, Vish, that is the most pathetic thing I've heard on the Ramble in such a long time. And you've you've got in my head. It's And now I'm saying Nudie brain. Lady. Rent free in your head with a Nudie Lady. <laughs> you don't want to be in there, mate. It's horrible. You could also get those aprons that have actually got things attached, like body parts. Oh, what, like, no, what? Think body parts. What kind yeah. of barbecue do you go to, you well, foul just, woman? Just an apron <laughs> with a knob then, is it? <laughs> an apron with a knob on it or oh, with right. tits. Oh, tits have a knob. But that would get in the way, wouldn't it? Yeah, you don't want to burn your knob. <laughs> burn uh, your, burn your, well, no it would different. have to be a fire retardant plastic knob. knob. Plastic yeah. knob. Yeah, but it's no different to your actual knob or tits. They, they don't it? get in the way, do they? Yeah, but you wouldn't. But that's why you wear an apron to make sure they don't get in the way. <laughs> I wouldn't be barbecuing with my knob out because it would get. Why burned. are you barbecuing naked? Yeah, I'm what's not, going on? I'm not some freak nudie lady. Um, <laughs> Clip that. <laughs> Clip that. Um, I, th- I think we're discovering that you absolutely are. I mean, we had a wasp story before the show. We're not going to get into it. Oh, God. I did get stung by a wasp uh, on my ass. Just, let's get into it then, right? <laughs> yeah, go on then. Right, right. right. Vish, right? You get, stu- you get stuck on your ass. Mm-hmm. You're wearing a bikini mm-hmm. for whatever bloody reason. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, a it's a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. Wearing a bikini in the garden. Uh, you get stung on the bum by a wasp. What do you do? What I would do is I would not check to see if the wasp had disappeared or mm-hmm. maybe even look for the wasp. I mm. would think, well, I've been stung. Right. Probably call someone I love dearly yeah. and ask them what they do. Uh-huh. Inconvenience their lives yeah. with this inconsequential story. <laughs> And then I would, I might go to my neighbours and say, can you look at my ass?" Yeah, not only look at my ass. can you rub some ointment on my arse? <laughs> yeah. My yeah. neighbour that I've known for six months? Four months. Four months, yeah, cool. Uh, and then they might be, they might ask, oh, you know, wh- where is the wasp? I'm like, don't worry, it's still here. <laughs> 
It's on my person. In my pants. Uh, it's in my pants. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, forget yeah. ants in your pants. Wasp in the pants. Wasp in the pants. I mean, that is nightmarish. It was, not, is, it was yeah. an absolute nightmare. And I hate wasps already. Like, I'm mm. that person that when, when I'm around at a barbecue and there's wasps, I, I will scream and run if one comes anywhere near me. Well, you don't want your comedy well, fake penis stung, did <laughs> This is exactly why. <laughs> anyway, enough about wasps stinging my ass. Yeah. Um, Vish, loads of other suggestions about yes. um, <laughs> summer tournament improvements. <laughs> Yeah, Tom Carpenter no on Twitter has written in to say, the introduction of an enforcer or a goon role, like in ice hockey, love this, by the way. If the game gets a bit spicy, you can send on your enforcer to start a fight. Could we see the return of Big Dunk for Everton, nah. for example? I mean, he was in prison for it, so he probably wouldn't yeah. be up for it, to be well, honest. Presumably, it'd be like, you know, in wrestling, where they're like, oh, there's um, there's a no-holes-barred match, where... yeah. They all, you know, no rules at all, no disqualifications. When mm. it's like, well, you could still get arrested for hitting someone in the head with a sledgehammer. <laughs> no chair shots. Yeah, this isn't dip- no you chair shots. Get, you know that diplomatic immunity in the square circle. <laughs> but no, I, I quite, I quite like this because there's yeah. it's happened. It happened. Does it started to happen? At, what well, it did start to happen a little bit in basketball, where before they kind of clamped down on the rules, it could be quite violent, and you would send on your kind of like stronger players on to like mm. elbow and things like that. Obviously, it still happens in hockey to an extent. Um, I know I quite like this. Yeah, just because to... a lot of a lot of football is going to be played by like five foot six magicians now, and maybe it's good to get some big oaf in there who's just going to boot them remember, thirty yeah, yards. Yeah, remember, you know, I am the true alpha here. I can tear you to pieces. Yeah. Alexander Mitrovic, yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, comes on, elbows someone out the way, gets away with it. Yeah. <laughs> I just think his look is, is assaults you. He yeah. just looks like a man who could, could just kill you as soon as look at you. He's massive, isn't he? Love a bit of who, who are the best enforcers in the game now? Any current players that you could see being brought on just to start a bit of a ruckus? Because we, even though we shouldn't really promote it, it's always quite exciting when there, there's a little mm. bit of a fight that breaks out on the pitch. Isn't it? It's one of those things you, we don't like to see, but we we do like yeah. to see. Secretly, it. Secretly. Yeah. I think Rajan England, who um, the Belgian midfielder who uh, spent his time in Italy and might still be in Italy actually, um, he is. If you to sort of see a photo of him, he is one of the scariest looking men in the world. <laughs> He's a brilliant footballer, but he he clearly is someone who likes a bit of pain, as per yeah. all the ink all over his body. He's got one of those like high chest um, oh, the ones tattoos. The neck. Yeah, oh, so like kind of Conor McGregor. Scary, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, and he looks. Yeah, he looks intense, um, and he would be. While also being good on the ball, I think he could he could rough up a few people and um, put the shits up them. Yeah. Two words, Matt Ritchie, yeah, we deck. <laughs> <laughs> He's not that scary though, is he? He's very scary. Do you think? He's a one-off man, mental. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I said the Gordon Ramsay in him, isn't he? You know, come and yeah, call yeah. someone an idiot sandwich. <laughs> taste, taste, taste. taste. <laughs> <laughs> Just fuck off out my kitchen. Um, have you got another suggestion to improve tournaments? Um, I do, yeah. And uh, you know, you you two will both know that we entered into the studio, and I didn't have an idea, and it, it only came to me a few moments ago. But I thought one of the best things that we've probably missed out on at the end of the season is when like footballers come on with their kids, and you know, there's that great one of Ross Turnbull's kid at um, Stamford Bridge kicking the ball in the goal. And I think when we get to the latter stages of a European or a World Cup, we have to have like a Bugsy Malone recreation of those important games, but with the kids of those players yes. playing in those same positions. Nice. Um, I think that'd be very cute. Um, <laughs> I think it probably will also attract some weirdos. And I think <laughs> it needs to be heavily policed. Definitely. It's like uh, what's it, uh, mini pops. Do you remember mini pops? It was like little kids doing childish renditions of <laughs> uh, proper like pop songs. 
and it was as creepy as fuck. It right, was like yeah. it was like um like that American kind of uh, you know when you put little girls in, uh, in yeah, like pageant sh- shows, pageant and stuff shows. Like that, yeah. It was a bit pageant showy, a bit uh, it's yeah. a bit wrong, but it was it was big in the eighties. Yeah, and it wasn't all right. So yeah, I mean, I have suggested it, and I probably I should step back like that, from it. I would like to take that off the table <laughs> because I think those kids should be protected at all costs. Mm. Do you know what yeah. it reminds me of what? when you see um really big mascots with small players, and it always looks a bit weird. Yeah, yeah that's my favorite. <laughs> you get like the shorter players, and they get put with the giant mascot, and you're like, what? What's happened here? Just give me the little one. Give me the one that's literally barely grown. Give me the little one. <laughs> Sorry, that's really weird as well. <laughs> Oh, right, we'll keep sending in your suggestions. We will have another mm. topic on Friday, so topic. we look forward to that. Um, all right, let's talk about something that's been in the news this week. Daniel Sturridge did an interview with Sky Sports. Now, he's not played since leaving Transonspor in March after being handed a four-month ban for breaching FA's gambling regulations. And this is what he said to Sky. He said, I'm opening to playing in other leagues, but to come back to England and give my best would be a huge option for me. It's always a real shame when you see someone who was as successful as Daniel Sturridge was, particularly in his time at Liverpool, kind of go on this downward trajectory and, and kind of be a little bit in no man's land at the moment. Can mm. you see a return to the Premier League for him? I think so. I, th- I think he's good enough to still play in the Premier League. But I wonder if that's just my nostalgia playing tricks on me because I remember the good things he does and how capable he is with his feet and... You know, he was a very unique English player in that he was a forward. He was also he could also play out wide, and he was he loved doing you know the unexpected. Mm. I think he he's a type of player who I imagine could be quite hard to coach because he's part. I suppose part of the reason that he's in this kind of downturn is he's always been a big team player. Yeah. You know, he came through you know latterly at Manchester City. He then went to Chelsea. He then went to Liverpool. He's tasted Champions League football. He's tasted those big nights. He's won I, it a couple of times, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Well, so I was really surprised, really, really surprised that when he went on loan from Liverpool, he went to West Brom when there were other teams sniffing around. I think Inter Milan, I don't know if they were actually in for him, but they were, you know, they were a team that were, were thrown in there as well. And I thought when he went to West Brom, he really uncovered, I suppose, a blind spot in his football education in that because he's been part of a big club, and because he's been allowed to play as this almost kind of free-roaming forward player, yeah. that he doesn't really fit in to systems which aren't playing attacking football. He's not someone who's going to track back. He's not someone who's going to you know bust the gut when you put him on the right so that he can, while he can cut in on his left foot, he can, he'd have to do all the, the brunt of stuff that you're expected to do at the end of the table. So therefore, I was kind of thinking maybe, like, where would he go? What system would he suit? Where, where would he be allowed to be? indulge and I know in saying a player's indulge sounds a bit like they're trouble or they're not worth hassle but I mean more in the kind of creative sense. sense yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um and I could only really come out with potentially Southampton if they wanted someone to come on as an impact player um I could see him at West Ham purely because that kind of the basket nature the basket case nature of, of them and also his status I think they can align quite nicely not that they do each other any good but obviously Felipe Anderson might be on the way out so they might be vacancy there for a bit more creativity but you really I, I don't really know because I don't think he'll be indulged by many top 10 or even top 15 clubs and I don't think he wants to play in the bottom five well, he, he spoke from like an early age and how um, going uh, through Aston Villa's um, ranks obviously sort of said that his, his dad would would um, insist on him not um, attending as many 
um, coaching um, sessions just so it doesn't coach the nat- natural talent out of him. So he's always been this kind of like instinctual kind of like backs himself to do the right thing and to do the unexpected. You're and that's kind why of doing times a celebration is... there. Oh, yeah. movie, aren't you? <laughs> I really Subconsciously. like. I really, I really, really like him uh, as a footballer. I'm mean, fuck Newcastle. I'll take him at Newcastle. We need, we need forward, uh, forward players. And 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 he was kind of quite rare that he was very left footed and, and and just a really interesting player to to to, to watch. And I know. I know what it sounds like a man like me talking about a guy who clearly has a, a, a bit of bullshit, you know, that he's got to deal with outside outside of uh, the football. And I think it's imperative that that that, that people like me reassess uh, how we talk about footballers in 2020. But I do think he's just a bit daft. <laughs> I just think I just think his kind of whole thing is like my talent will get me through. I deserve millions and millions of pounds pounds per year. His move to uh, to Turkey was obviously um, scuppered by, by 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 the gambling thing. You know, it, his you know the quote was uh, he told his brother Leon, "Put the grand on Sevilla. I'll give you it back if you lose." He should have done that last night. If he did that last <laughs> night, <laughs> he would have been quid in. But uh, yeah, it just you know he he. He seems to uh, sort of like he got dumped out of football literally because he didn't know what he was doing himself. He didn't know where he was going, and he's still insisting that he, he knew where he he's heading off. When, when a Crystal Palace loanee at 24 is doing the business over you in, in in Turkey, I think I think you're in a situation where you're like you really have to reassess. He spends a lot of time in, in America. You would imagine that if the MLS had, came calling with with a decent offer, you know, Inter Milan, Mario Götze uh, said he's, he doesn't want to to go to MLS. Um, I mean, how old is he? 28, 29? I mean, he's his boner is considerably younger, um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he uh, but he said not to uh, David Beckham in Miami. Uh, so uh, you can't have a young boner. No, that's so wrong. <laughs> you don't have them when you're a kid, do you? Oh, don't. We've all got one. Um, not now, uh, but yeah. He, uh, <laughs> but but he uh, but so I imagine I think if uh, Beckham's uh, franchise came calling, I think he'd uh, do that because he does love living He's in America. Thirty so, now, Daniel yeah. Sturridge. Thirty years old. What a hell of a footballer! But again. <laughs> You don't know where, how much is, this is tied up with, with nostalgia. And he doesn't need to be indulged. He doesn't need that space. He does need that room. And I would take him at Newcastle United. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, maybe the MLS fits a bit better as well because whoever he joins, he'll be a big fish in a small pond. And maybe that's what he wants. Maybe Sorry, he wants... I'm still just... <laughs> It's fine. The, the young boner. It's fine. Oh, I'm so sorry. This is it's this fine. is that's what a... whenever whenever thinks about Mario Goetze, they think about him having a boner. That's what everybody thinks about. I don't think they put an age on it though. Well, I'll just say because he's 28, th- that comes with him. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't this, matter. It doesn't matter. The question that needs to be asked at this stage, I don't know what t- how far are we in the recording? Uh, 37, 37 minutes. minutes. Yeah. The question we need to ask after 37 minutes is, is this already a problematic show? <laughs> <laughs> I think it probably is. I think yeah. it probably is. It's a hot day. It's a hot day. It what is I, really hot. Look, you guys didn't listen to a 45-minute uh, Oxford Union interview uh, with Dan- Daniel Sturridge. It was very boring. Uh, his favourite <laughs> manager was Owen Coyle to play under because he was a striker like him. Mm. Uh, and his... Uh, his, his his most devastatingly difficult defender to play against was Chris Smalling. Yeah, nothing wrong with either of those things. <laughs> on on Daniel Sturridge videos... I think he might be daft. <laughs> on Daniel Sturridge videos, there's a video where he visits a local school in um, in Liverpool and mm. it's at the, the, you know, the peak of his powers when he's there. So he's, he's really well known and he's a lot of those kids' favourite players. And they do that thing where they interview them in a room and they've got their back to the door. So when they say he's their favourite player, he comes in and like surprises right. them. And it's really lovely because quite a few players say, sorry, quite a few um, students say that he's their favourite player. Oh. Loads of students say he's not their favourite player. And that's <laughs> so even awkward. funnier because he does it, he just deals with it so well. And <laughs> I, I think 
I think that's what it was. There's also another video of him and Raheem Sterling on England duty complaining about his um, FIFA stats. Right. And that's yeah, very funny yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder actually if my, that kind of forms part of my memory of him, of clearly a fun-loving player on the pitch and someone who knows how to have a laugh off it and is clearly very engaging and has a great personality. I really do wish him well. It's kind of, I don't think this career has panned out as it was. He was the first, I remember he was the first player, certainly on my radar, who, you know, you get told about players who are going to be brilliant. And he was the first one for me. I think he was would have been 14 and he scored a hat-trick in the FA Youth Cup, I think, yeah. off, uh, with both feet as well. And I was like, right, this guy's going to be a star. And it would be rude and perhaps a bit out of order to look on his career and think it's been a failure. No, His no, partnership with Suarez, uh, oh. like, yeah. the, the new immense. SAS. He was yeah. so good in his time at Liverpool. His first season scored 35 goals in mm. the first year and a half he was at mm. Liverpool. That's an incredible goal-scoring record and you can't deny that he's got a ta- he's got talent. I think it's just... Uh, to give the player the benefit of the doubt, there's obviously something else happening off the pitch, maybe, perhaps that it might be personal reasons. It also must be really difficult for a player who is injury prone like that from a mental perspective, yeah, as well as yeah. physically having mm. to recover. Mentally, a lot of players do talk when their careers are over about how difficult it is to kind of get over injuries and go again, especially when you've been built up so high in his time at Liverpool. Like you say, his partnership with Suarez he would, they were lauded, weren't they? Mm. As best partnership in the Premier League at the time. And and it, I think that it must be really tricky for him, but also a tricky decision for if he were to move back to the Premier League, for a Premier League club to decide to invest in a player like him who is injury prone. It'd be, it'd be an Andy Carroll deal. It'd be, it, uh, and I, it's, this is a come and get Newcastle United soon. <laughs> this is a plea. Um, <laughs> it would be, it would be play, Percy play, but would you take that as a player uh, as talented as him? Because he's, mm. he's just, he is so injury prone and he sort of talks, to be fair, talks quite eloquently about going from being a team player, then as soon as you're injured, you're a solo athlete. Yeah. Because you just got to get yeah. back on that field yeah. and prove everyone wrong that you're not injury prone. But the problem is, it's just body just kept keeps breaking down. And a lot of times, a player who is injured, their manager is so key to their recovery and mm. how they deal with them and how they work with them and and you know help them in their in their road to recovery. But for Daniel Sturridge, he's been moving around quite a bit. That maybe he's not had that figure in his life at a club that's really helped him along consistently. If that makes sense. He's not had his own so, coil yeah. for a while. He's not had his own <laughs> coil. Have, have you seen his uh, dogs? Had a lovely haircut though. Oh really? Oh, it, didn't he? Didn't he lose his dog? He did. Yeah, he, he got did. got robbed. Yeah, but it came back. It, I mean, it didn't just come back, I presume. He gave a really healthy reward for yeah. someone finding it, didn't he? Yeah. Gorgeous dog. Gorgeous. Oh, so it, but the haircut, Jules, is... I haven't seen it. I need to see. Primo dog haircut. Oh, but before, before we move on... I, I, it's know, got its own Instagram account. Let's make that very clear. Finding it. I think, all, I think all dogs have their own Instagram account now, don't they? Pablo's going to have one soon enough. My little puppy. Yes. I'm getting at the end of the month. He's definitely having his own Instagram account. <laughs> With the, He obviously wants... To, it, it's, I think it goes a bit deeper than wanting to play back in the Premier League again. He just wants to come back to the UK, doesn't it? He wants yeah. to come back to England. I, and, yeah. and, and and for that, for those for those reasons you outlined there, probably just wants to be settled. And so with that, I wondered actually, potentially... Oh, stop it. I found the dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He's re- he's actually smaller than than he looks with all his fur. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look. A lot of dogs are mainly fur. Yeah. Look at it. Absolutely adorable. Look at him. Come on. I love that he has his own Instagram account. Mm. Lucci it's, it's, de Pucci. But it's stuff like that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, got, that's, that's fine, yeah, isn't it? Ah, come on. But basically, I, I wondered if he maybe, um, if Celtic are going to lose Odson Edwards, then maybe he could do a job there, even though mm. it would go against their kind of, their modus operandi of, of getting in 
young up and coming players and giving them a chance. But uh, I mean, uh, that'd be quite cool. I, yeah. I'd, I'd quite like that. All right. Well, the Champions League returns tonight, mm. boys. Looking forward to this. Um, just like the Europa League, it's going to be played tournament style. It is in Portugal. It's moving to Lisbon. All teams and staff are therefore required to stick to rules from a 31-page document. They have to stick to these COVID rules. It's it's really hot in here, but I can imagine that it must be stifling Pretty. sticking to those COVID <laughs> rules out in Lisbon as well. Look, it's 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 interesting because we're we're kind of used to this new COVID lifestyle now, mm. where where things are done very differently. But listen to some of the things they have to do now. They have private access routes in and out of the hotels. They have specific dining areas. I think only six people are allowed in gyms at a time. They're not allowed to mix with anyone outside of their group. It's all very strict. There's testing the day before each game. Now, we know that two Atletico players tested positive, so therefore they won't be travelling um, with the team for their match, which I think might be tomorrow or definitely in the next couple of days because it's four days now. There's a different Champions League game on each day. Uh, some of the rules, though, that they have to, uh, to, have to stick to are quite um, intrusive. So when they do a drugs test... There is a mirror in front of the toilet so that the socially distanced doctor can see that they're yep. not forging their drugs test. Now, they're, not, this... they're not wearing a fake apron. Yeah. <laughs> fake the apron. That, I mean, I, I'm not a fan of public toilets at the best of time, but no. having someone stand there and watch you through a mirror, that's funny. He's, he's not through a mirror, is he? Sorry, watch it, but they have to It's watch like a periscope over a the top of the, yeah. uh, over weird, the top though. of the cubicle. I don't want anyone watching me while I'm going to the toilet. I would uh, request a, one of those camera obscuras, you know, the, you know, the, the project the image bigger than it actually is. <laughs> I'd, I'd like that, please. It's interesting, isn't it? I, so, I didn't realise that... Uh, I thought you could get away with just having a private moment in the um, in the cubicle. <laughs> that sounds worse than it is. <laughs> It's a different sample. Um, uh, and uh, given... And, 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 Why are you taking so long? What are you doing? <laughs> this is just a urine sample, mate. <laughs> Nothing else. And Why have you got that apron on? <laughs> why, have you got, why have you got a magazine why in there with you? Why have you got a sexy lady apron Why have you got a nudie lady with you? What's on that pen? <laughs> Tip it upside down. <laughs> Hang on, wait a minute. Their dress has just come off. Um, yeah, I didn't realise that people had to do uh, wheeze in front of uh, drug testing staff. Very intrusive anyway. Mm. I, I don't think I'd like that at all. Speaking of those pens, you're the sort, Pete, that buys them on holiday, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> Massively. And the, and the uh, mugs that uh, when they get hot. <laughs> All of the clothes fall off. All of the clothes. The Basques. They come off. The 70s Basques. <laughs> yeah, uh. this is a strange rule, though, Vish, mm. isn't it? Yeah, although it's, you know, it, it, it's it does, though, it does make it? sense, yeah. yeah. You can see a lot over someone's shoulder. Um, yeah, the, the, this whole bubble thing is really interesting because I think of all the athletes around the world who have had to go into a bubble, I think footballers are probably <laughs> the most used to it because they're kind of used to having their lives separate to everyone else because they can't really go anywhere in normal time anyway because... Mm. They get mobbed and um, and everything else like that because across the sports that have gone back on and and have been needed to be played in these biosecure environments, we've had quite a few breaches. So, for example, there was Joffrey Archer in the cricket who, um, when they were travelling from Southampton to Manchester, stopped by his flat in Sussex in Hove. Good old uh, Sussex by the <laughs> sea. Sorry, that's why he went. Yeah, and then he had to miss the next game because he was he had to quarantine while he was in Manchester, oh, wow. and he only he only revealed that. In a, um, in a kind of in a random conversation the night before the game, and the person he spoke to was part of the management team. They're like, oh, you know, this is actually quite a serious deal. So that shows like, how you know not everyone's clued up on the rules. There was another mm. cricketer, Jordan Cox, who was just playing for his county, Kent. He scored a double hundred, 
and he posed for a selfie with a fan who happened to be there. Oh, man. And now he's going to miss the next game because he has to isolate as well. You've obviously got the bubble in Orlando for the NBA where a couple of players were... Um, a couple of players breached it because they ordered food because the food in the venue is really bad and so they ordered takeaway. Right. And they, they because they went out and, and got the takeaway mm. that they they had to isolate as well. There was um, an Instagram model who said she'd already been invited into the bubble like two days in. Um, and so like, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously like they're, they've got to kind of like park their lives for a bit. With the, with the football, because it's going to be over in a week, it's not so bad. Obviously with mm. the NBA, it's like, a month, the England players have they went home between the uh, Pakistan and the West Indies series, but it's basically a month they were just stuck in a hotel, which happens to be at the ground as well, which is pretty demoralising. Uh, but so I, I think I think the footballers should deal with it fine. No doubt we will hear something happens, you know, maybe another Instagram model coming out and, and you know, revealing that some player has been in their DMs. But Well, interestingly, I was, I was talking to Alex Scott yesterday, who's out in Lisbon working out there for the tournament, and she was saying to me that it's actually quite different for the clubs to be in these kind of in this tournament style of football because obviously footballers are used to it when they're on international duty you go Mm. away to a tournament and you're very much used to you know hanging out with your international teammates in a very kind of closed environment for quite a long period of time but in terms of your club teammates obviously you go in and out of training every day there's probably some teammates you barely speak to obviously match day you're all together there's that team environment but really you socialize with who you want to socialize when it comes to your club football mm. so this is a very different thing for them because they're Breaking all going to the be yeah they're all going to have to be in the same environment for quite a you know a long period of time together in these bubbles which it will be different for them in terms of their teams. Yeah. Is that not flipped around though? Because don't they often say that at international meetups and stuff like that, all the players from the same team, from the same club team, tend to hang out with each other. Mm. And also because it's the Champions League as well, a lot of those players are international players. Yeah. And would have had experience True. of yeah. that kind of camp, I suppose. Mm. It's back to Vicious though. Summer Camp. Um, Well, the game tonight is Atalanta versus PSG. Um, Atalanta. Um, I am. Really excited about this match. Me too, me too. It's going to be interesting <laughs> to see team news because, of course, Atalanta have a lot of players that aren't available due to injuries and other mm. stuff as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether Mbappe plays for PSG as well because he, of course, has been injured, but he travelled, he's been training as well. So the team sheet is going to be interesting to see who both managers pick. Who can you see winning it, though? Who's going to edge it? Evil. PSG are going to win, aren't they? Yeah. Tuchel's broken a bone in his foot, hasn't he? Which is very exciting. He's a doubt as well, then. He's a doubt. But he is going to be on the, the touchline. But yeah, Atalanta do have goals. Obviously, um, losing Josip is, is a big one, but uh, I, I think they've got goals in their team. I'm, I could see PSG fucking it up. I really can't. Atalanta have been one of my favourite teams to watch this season, though. Mm. And and they, you know, they came into this Champions League Champions League season as underdogs. So I'd love to see them beat mm. PSG. Yeah, and their league season started pretty badly, didn't it? Mm. So people are like, oh god, the dream is over. And so mm. it's great, great to see them at this stage. And we we mentioned it briefly on Monday, but against two, over two legs, you'd wonder if they had enough about them to beat PSG. Yeah. But when it's a one-off, like straight out, football, race, yeah. so good, isn't yeah. it? And, 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 and slap them, couldn't they? There's so many, team, right so many teams in this competition that have never won it. it it's actually really, it, it, it's a really exciting but weird end to the season. So they're, they're both in the same boat in that regard, even though mm. obviously the financial disparity is so vast. Because I think Atlanta are the 13, I've got the 13th highest wage budget in Serie A, whereas PSG you know, own the moon. Mm. Um, but so they're just two games away from the final rather than what would be four games away. Yeah. 
And so they've got to think, fuck, this is, this is it. This is, this is the best chance. chance for either of them. Yeah. Certainly more so Atlanta, but PSG, this is the one they've always wanted. Them and, them and Man City are the two who really crave this, you know, that European Cup. And now it's even closer than it ever has been. It's so much more exciting being knockout as well, isn't it? Yes. I absolutely love this. So the next four nights, we get a Champions League game every day. Love it. We cannot wait. And uh, we're going to be talking more about that match tomorrow. Atalanta versus PSG is tonight. We'll find out our first team who are into the semi-finals of the Champions League. And Pete, you're going to be back with me tomorrow. And uh, <laughs> One more of this, do we? <laughs> yeah, apparently so. And, Suckers! Uh, just to uh, add something to the mix, it's mm. going to be me, you and Jim. And oh. according to Football Ramble Conspiracy, yeah. you two have got beef. So am I going to have to you know, stand in between <sighs> you, break up a fight? It, it's going to be like a big beefy barbecue and you're going to have to break us up. <laughs> just beef left, right and centre. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Cannot wait already. Sweaty beef in this room again. <laughs> Get some, uh, chuck some wasps in here as yeah. well. Stick them down your jaw. Start liven it up. Yeah. Uh, Fish, thanks for your company today. Pete, I'll see you tomorrow. No, no you know, you're not thanking, you're not thanking for me. No, for I, 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 I didn't know you wanted to thank me. I, Thanked I, I, Vish for his, co- for, I, I, for his company. I, I was just going to go back to what we talked about, and I would. I think I'd like to distance myself from this podcast. <laughs> but no, it's been lovely. Thank when you for having me. When are you back? Me. I think I'm back next week, yeah. Lovely. We'll see you then. Don't visit your house in Surrey. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.